Welcome to Decode Your Burnout, the podcast where we crack the code on burnout based on three primary factors, your programming, environment, and personality. We also feature experts who debunk the myths about what it takes to be successful in their industry and spin those tips to fit the workplace so you can optimize the way you work. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Grossman, a psychologist turned coach, author, and burnout expert. If you're burned out and want to go from exhausted to extraordinary, book a free breakthrough session with me by going to bookachatwithsharon.com. And if you want to see how you're doing and what to focus on next, download the burnout checklist. You'll find the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly forward slash check your burnout. Now let's get started. Decode Your Burnout fans, and welcome to another episode with me, Dr. Sharon Grossman. And today we are joined by Molly Asplin. She is a wife and mom of three young kids, a successful entrepreneur in the coaching and direct selling space, and a host of the Dream It, Do It podcast, where I was just a guest. So thank you for that. After seven years in corporate finance and climbing the corporate ladder, She sought a more fulfilling career to contribute to the world in a more impactful way. Today, she leads a team of 1,200 coaches, empowering women to find fulfillment with meaningful work. She is passionate about helping women create more financial time and location flexibility in their lives. So with all that, Molly, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Sharon. I'm so happy to be here. You have quite a story and I'm excited to kind of dig into it. And I know in that transformation, we'll have a lot of nuggets. But before we do, tell us a little bit about your burnout story. Yeah, my burnout story, really the theme word of my burnout story was autopilot. I felt like I was just going through the motions every day and feeling really just like numb to it all. And so I was in my corporate job. I'd probably been in it for about five years at this point. And I just started to have these feelings of, is this really it? And I would drive to work every morning and I would just feel like, what? Like, here we go again. Okay. Got to get myself excited for this. And I would walk into work and just like plaster a smile on my face and like be a doer and get it all done. But when I looked at how I was spending every day, it just felt really meaningless. Mm-hmm. And on my drive home from work in the evening, I would I was like super busy all day and I had gone to all the meetings and done all the things. But on my drive homes, I would feel like, what did I even do today? And then that was really spewing into my home life. I was just like kind of like disgruntled at my husband, like not happy in the evenings. I would cry at the dinner table a lot. And then I would like kind of cycle into my evening routine. I would just like feel lethargic on the couch and go to bed late. And then I'd wake up late and I wanted to like do this morning workout. And so it kind of just started getting more cyclical. And I was like, I need to change. Like this isn't fulfilling me. But I had so many expectations that I had really put in myself on this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what I went to school for. This job Mm. pays really well. This is a great resume builder. I'm going to get the next promotion. And so I just like got really caught up in 
what should life really look like for me? But over time, it felt really misaligned. And like I said, like autopilot kind of numb to it all. Ooh, I mean, everything that you just described, I am 100% certain that there are people listening to this right now that are like, she just kind of crawled into my brain because, <laughs> you know, this yeah. is actually something that happens to a lot of people. And, you know, that inner dialogue that you have with yourself where you are kind of on the one hand, you know that this isn't right for you. But on the other hand, you're kind of convincing yourself to stay Mm -hmm. because of all the reasons you just mentioned, because of expectations, because, you know, it's easy to just like continue on rather than to reinvent yourself and what have you. Like there's all the reasons to stay. And yet all you need is one reason to leave. Mm -hmm. And, and that's really hard when you're in it because it felt so stable and it felt like I was doing everything that looked good on paper. And I didn't really know another way. Like I would go to LinkedIn and I would look for like different jobs. Cause I'm like, well, maybe if I had a different job at a different company that would, you know, quote unquote, solve my problems and I would be more excited. And so I actually did like the whole job search thing for probably a few months. And I maybe even applied for a few other jobs, but When it came down to it, I knew that this was an internal shift that Molly had to make and not just keep going externally. Because I knew in reading the job descriptions, I'm like, okay, it's kind of what I'm doing, but it is for a different company, maybe in a different industry. But I'm going to get two months in at that job or a year in or whatever it might be. And I'm going to feel this exact same way. Because at the end of the day, these aren't really things that I want to be doing for eight hours a day. So taking that leap is actually a really scary thing. So I really commend you on your courage to do that. And what I love that you said is that it took an internal shift and you recognize that. Mm -hmm. So for people who aren't quite where you are yet, but they're now recognizing that, you know, I'm burned out. Mm -hmm. And this thing that I thought, I should be doing with my life is clearly not the thing that I want to be doing with my life. And I could do it because at this point I'm on the path and it's just easy to plug away. But it's like, if I have one life to live, Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel like this anymore. Right. What is that internal shift that needs to happen to go from that level of burnout to where you are right now? Yeah. I started taking time for myself and it started just like me listening to podcasts, just like this one, like on my way to work, I kind of like started exploring personal development, something I didn't even know was a thing. I was just like, Oh, this is making me feel good. So I'm going to continue to like, listen to podcasts like this. And so as I did that, it, it kind of started rewiring my own beliefs because the only thing I knew was what my parents who were awesome had taught me about like traditional work. And this is how we do life and, you know, work a nine to five and stay at one company until you're 65 and then retire. That's all I knew. And so when I started hearing other people's stories about how they did career and life and, you know, the motherhood and all these things, I was like, well, I think I could do it different. And what would different look like for me? And I started asking myself the question, how would I want each day to feel like Mm -hmm. if 
if time wasn't a restraint, if money wasn't a restraint, like if I took away these things, how would I actually want to be living my life and how would I want each day to feel? And I knew that I would want to be like making an impact with other women. I've always liked health and wellness. So I was like, if I could do something with wellness, that would be awesome. I also knew that I wanted to design my own schedule. That was like, that kept coming up for me. I'm a really hard worker, but I want to work when I want to work. (laughs) And I didn't want to like be strapped to a desk from like, you know, nine to five. And I wanted to design it. And so I kind of started picking out all these values that were really important to me. And this was like over the course of a year of still going to said job that I wasn't loving, but it helped me gain confidence with what my next step and really what my pivot could be. So you said a lot of really important nuggets there because making this transition isn't an overnight thing, right? You have to spend a lot of time exploring your options, rewiring your own belief system, thinking about your values, what you want instead of what you don't want, right? Getting a lot of clarity there. And that's a process. Mm -hmm. That's a process that sometimes you do on your own if you are disciplined like you are and you're kind of going through all of the materials. And sometimes it's something that you do with a coach because they can help you kind of shine a light on all of your patterns and Mm -hmm. your blind spots and things like that and can really help you figure out what you need to work on. So this is really important for people to hear that you can actually get a redo on your life, right? but that you have to do it the right way. And the right way, I mean, there isn't quote unquote a right way, but the thing is you don't want to just be irresponsible, right? So while you are building up your new life, you still need to pay the bills and like, you know, reality still exists. So what you did was you still had one foot in where you were showing up to work and you're like, and maybe, and I'm guessing being at that job while also reinventing yourself with the other foot out made the one foot in a little bit more bearable because there's an exit strategy. Yeah, it really did. And for a while, I didn't even know if I needed an exit strategy. I was just like, I'm not happy. Is this how it has to be? But I think it really depends on like your risk threshold. And I'm not someone who's going to just be like up and quit my job and oh, I'll figure out how to pay my bills. I don't like a lot of risk. (laughs) And so I knew that, okay, I need to keep doing this. And I also wanted to keep doing it well. Like I hold high standards for myself. But an interesting thing happened, Dr. Sharon, is when I started getting more clear with who I am and what I wanted, I actually had more energy for that job that was burning me out. And I feel like I started to show up even better for it because I was like, well, I know I'm not going to be here forever. There's something more for me. And while I'm here, I'm going to like bring my best self. And so it's just a really great thing when you start to work on you, how it like ripples into everything else. (laughs) And when you like are taking better care of yourself, because I started to just get better boundaries too with my full-time accounting job. But yeah, I think you've got to be clear on what your threshold for risk is and you know, what your exit strategy, I guess, is going to look like. So this is really important. And I have a lot of clients who are very successful. And so they have already achieved like the greatest success in terms of their careers, but because they've put all their eggs in that basket, yeah, 
they haven't really worked on their personal development and kind of like you, sometimes they don't even know it's a thing until they figure it out. Right. Until they've reached burnout and then they find me and they're like, Oh, there's more to life. And then they're like, wow. Right. So now it's like opening that up. But I love this idea of not just recovering from burnout and starting your new career, but also working on yourself for yourself, right. Being able to say, wow, like now if I've spent all this time, energy, all these years perfecting my career, whatever that is, also then working on your personal life, like how are you outside of work in terms of your own relationship with yourself, in terms of how you relate to other people, in terms of your boundaries, in terms of all these things. Like we talk about a lot of this stuff as it relates to work, because when we talk about burnout, People typically think about work, but I want to say that there's so much juice in how you live your life outside of work as well, which maybe gets talked about a little bit less, but it's just as important because, hey, it's the other 50% of the coin, right? So I love what you talked about in terms of having to do that internal work to make that shift. And this is the other cool thing. You came back to the same job before you made any changes. The same exact job all of a sudden felt differently because you've done that inner work. Mm -hmm. So not everybody listening to this has to quit their job and completely reinvent themselves and become an entrepreneur. Like that's just not for everybody. But it's great to be able to know that when you do that work on yourself, you can actually show up to the same work and have it feel differently so that you don't have to necessarily go out there and start over and figure something else out. So at a very minimum, I would say do that before you do the next thing. Yes, exactly. And stay disciplined. And maybe this is where like Dr. Sharon can come in, like stay disciplined with practicing working on yourself, you know, and for me, it was like getting a solid morning routine. So I had like an hour to myself before I went to stressful, busy corporate job where I was you like I'm getting a workout in, listening to a good podcast, eating a healthy breakfast on my way to work. Like I just started to do things that helped my energy feel better. And it just like started transforming me from the inside out. So step one for people keeping score at home is you had this self-awareness all of a sudden where you're reflecting on your values and you're thinking about like, what do I want? This doesn't work for me. What would work better? Number two is you started taking care of yourself mm-hmm. while you're still in that job. And yeah. then number three is you start to actually make that pivot and create this new opportunity for yourself, which in your case was starting a business. Mm-hmm. And from obviously from reading your bio, we know that you've been tremendously successful doing it. Not only do you have this huge team of women that you're empowering, you're teaching them things It's also in the health and wellness space, which is what you said you're passionate about, which is super cool because you were that person who was lagging that in your life and then you've incorporated it back into your life and now you're teaching other women how to do the same for themselves. But you're also talking about and educating and sharing it on your podcast and on social media. So there's like, when you have so much energy around the work that you love, it doesn't feel like that much work, does it? Yes, you're spot on. And I will say this because if I would have heard this podcast like long ago, I would have been like, I don't know what my thing is. I don't know what my passion is. This is what I went to school for. This is all I've done. Like you said earlier, like all my eggs are in this basket. 
Mm-hmm. I think it can put a lot of pressure on people to go, well, figure out your passion, figure out your purpose. It's like, what does that even mean? And so I do think you have to start something and you have to start like working on yourself and then like takes action somewhere. It doesn't mean you need to up and quit your full-time job, but you do have to take action. Otherwise nothing like change, nothing, nothing changes. Mm-hmm. And so if I could just like give encouragement to someone out there listening, give yourself a push to actually make change because you're not going to know what your passion or purpose is until you start doing something. Yeah. Good point. So based on your journey, what are the real big myths that you think you need to debunk for our listeners so that they walk away from this episode, really having a different mindset about this thing that they're going through and how to pursue it? Yeah. I think the first one is like knowing the difference between pursuing passion versus just stability. Mm -hmm. And like, is it really stability? Because if you're a disciplined, consistent person, which you probably are, if you're listening to the show, you're going to be able to create stability in something else. Mm -hmm. So like you can get stability wherever you want to create it. You've just kind of convinced yourself it's in one specific way and it doesn't have to be. That's actually really powerful. So it's really a mindset shift where you're saying what you're doing right now is equal stability and what you want to be doing is the unknown, right? And that can be really scary for people, especially if you're somebody who likes stability, right? However, what you're saying is you can create stability in the next thing. It's just going to take a few steps to get there. Mm -hmm. So you have to be resilient and patient enough to make that leap and you can do it slowly over time like you did. Right. But knowing that you actually are working on that side hustle or that new project, I think, as we said, that in and of itself can just refuel you for the work that you have to do today while you're building the other thing. So it's definitely like a shift that you have to make, but it starts in your mind about this idea of, like that other thing doesn't equal instability. It just means that it will become stability over time and I have to build it. Yes. You explained that very well. (laughs) Thank you. And then I think the other myth that I would touch on is like navigating your parental expectations that maybe just were ingrained in you and you have this fear of disappointing or that's irresponsible. That was kind of the narrative that was in my head is like, it's irresponsible to have a job that's not traditional or that's not with my accounting degree. And if I could just share a really quick story with this, because anyone who's a parent will understand this. When I got my corporate job right out of college, I called my dad and I was like, dad, I got the job. And I was so excited. I was standing like in my college campus, like I got the job at said company, really big corporation. And he's like, oh, I'm so proud of you. Like, that's awesome. And so I started doing the job and then, you know, I'm like five, six years in. And I'm like, if I quit this job, that was like everything. And my parents helped me through school, through college. I'm like, I am going to disappoint my parents, like Mm. in such a big way. And so I ended up pivoting and leaving the job and, you know, my parents didn't have really much to say about it, but a couple of years later I had this project and I had to ask the people closest to me what they were most like proud of their proudest moment of me. Mm-hmm. And so I asked my dad and he was like, I'm most proud of you for leaving your corporate job when you just knew it wasn't for you anymore. 
And so it's like the people who love you, they're going to support you. They might not get it. They might not fully understand it. It might not be their way of life, right? My dad worked the same job for 40 years, but they're going to support you. And so just like letting go of having to please someone, like the person you need to please is yourself. 100%. And, you know, even if you had that parent that worked in the same job for 40 years, it doesn't mean that they loved what they were doing. No. And so they could have been the same person that you are that woke up in the morning. And they're like, oh, I have to do this. And they didn't have an out because they didn't give themselves permission. Like you gave yourself permission because right. maybe their parents expected them because they were the ones in a job forever and ever. And so they're like, well, that's what we do. But right. we live in a different generation where it's just done differently. So we have other opportunities. And I think that our parents are able to see that this generation is just different from the generation that they had growing up. And so they recognize that, yeah, well, you know, I would like this for you because it equals stability and I want my child to have stability in their life. I also want them to be happy more than right. anything. Right. Yeah, exactly. And to your point, even if they don't support you, whose life are you living? Theirs or yours? Exactly. Yep. So that's myth number two. And just to clarify, when you said navigating parental expectations, it's not that you're the parent and your kids have expectations of you. It's that you're the child and you have parents that have expectations. So yeah. Right. Which is so funny because I'm 35 and like married with my own children. And it's like, we are still ingrained in those beliefs on how we think we have to do it. And it's just not true. It never changes. Right. (laughs) You'll always be the kid to your parent, you know? Yeah. And then I just think the last myth is understanding your fears, like fears versus obstacles, because we all have fears. And I think you started off the show saying like, I admire your courage Mm-hmm. And there's going to be fear with change. Like there just is. And so, and sometimes we'll look at it as a stalling tactic. That's not right for me. I just need to keep doing this and we'll kind of kick the can down the road. But understanding if it's just fear and kind of calling your own BS and looking inward, or is it a true obstacle, you know, that you need to like work around, but just like having that awareness on, I'm just scared because I've never done this before. Yeah. And that, fear or that anxiety, you can reframe it to be excitement. Yes. You know, I'm excited about this new possibility. I don't really know how to do it yet or what it's going to require of me, but I just can imagine myself when it's finally done and how it's going to be like this magnificent new life that I've dreamt. And that's why I love also the name of your podcast, because it really acknowledges that. So it's the Dream It, Do It podcast. So if you haven't listened to that, definitely check that out because Molly is there sharing all of her wisdom and bringing on awesome guests. Dream it, do it, and you can have it. Yeah, you got it. Awesome. Well, it was so cool having you here sharing your story and debunking these myths, because I think it does speak to a lot of people, especially this whole, you know, this whole place where you started with being on autopilot, going through the motions, feeling numb every day, because you're like, is this all there is, right? Um, Burnout doesn't have to just be about the grind. It could be about the numbing out because you're bored, because you're not challenged, because you're not aligned. And so I really appreciate you kind of coming on to talk about that side 
of burnout. And for people who want to check out all the fabulous things that you're doing, Molly, where should they go? Yeah, they can go to mollyasplin.com. I've got like all my businesses there, but the Dream It Do It podcast, I think if they like listening to Decode Your Burnout, which I'm sure they do, they'll love Dream It Do It podcasts as well. I usually hang out a lot on Instagram. Molly.asplin is my handle. And that's kind of where I share like behind the scenes of what I'm doing and healthy habits, that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely check out Molly on Instagram because that's how everybody else has found you, all the (laughs) thousands. So awesome. Thank you so much. And we'll have all that in the show notes. So if you are driving or don't have your show notes in front of you. Don't worry. It'll all be there for you. So for all of you thinkers out there, what did you think of the show? If you are a feeler, how did hearing this make you feel? And for all of you doers, what are you going to do based on what you've heard? Now, regardless of what your personality code is, my goal is to spread the word that burnout is a unique experience. And by decoding it, you can find solutions that are equally unique to you. Help me spread this message by subscribing to the show on Apple or Spotify and leaving us a review, telling us what you think, feel, or do differently because of the show. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can also leave me a comment or questions to answer in future episodes. And please recommend the show to anyone struggling with burnout. If you're ready to take the next step with me to DYB, go to decodeyourburnout.com and I'll see you right back here next week. Bye, everybody.